Whole Hog Sports presents the basketball podcast of Mid-America, the premier Arkansas hoops podcast brought to you by Landers Toyota of Northwest Arkansas. Here's your host, Whole Hog Sports basketball analyst, Scotty Bordelon. Welcome in, everybody, to the basketball podcast of Mid-America. Arkansas has won four straight games and is 8-1 and one and gearing up for a meeting with Oklahoma on Saturday in Tulsa. Arkansas is going to play Oklahoma at noon in the BOK Center in Tulsa. The game is going to be on ESPN2. Um, I think that's a game that we've been kind of looking forward to probably since Arkansas got back from Maui you know, in the early you know, first couple weeks of the season, it was, you know, Arkansas has got to get through this first three game stretch to get to Maui. Arkansas has got to handle this business on Maui, come back for a few games. And then I don't know if Arkansas has been necessarily looking ahead to, to Oklahoma, maybe the last couple of games, but definitely a, a big one for Arkansas. It's a chance for them to, you know, notch a, another power five win and get that that under their belt uh, really happy to be joined on the podcast today by andrew joseph of whole hog sports and bob holt of the arkansas democrat gazette unfortunately this is you know the first time we've recorded the podcast since november 17th i think or, or the day after trevor brazil went viral for his dunk i guess the dunk of the year against south dakota state uh, there's a lot that has has changed since then me and andrew were talking about it before we started recording it's we didn't want to go three weeks between recordings, um, and we probably shouldn't have. But yeah, there's been a lot that that's been going on um, with Arkansas basketball. And you know, the last time we started this show, you know, we were talking about Trevin and his big dunk. I mean, he was on LeBron's Instagram feed. He was, you know, kind of the talk of the the entire basketball world for a while and I guess we're going to start with him again today for you know a reason that you know we we all wish wasn't the case but um, on Tuesday in, in Arkansas's win over UNC Greensboro he toured the ACL in his right knee uh, he went down with about seven and a half minutes left in the first half really kind of a, a standard dribble drive for for him but his right knee I mean you could see his right leg just bent awkwardly and he collapsed to the floor immediately and he had to get Ronnie Brewer and the strength coach, Dave Richardson, to, to help carry him off the floor. He came back after halftime and, and just sat on the bench. But I'm like 99% sure in the second half, I saw him mouth to somebody that I tore my ACL. And so I was thinking kind of at that point that it wasn't going to be good news for for Trevin. But, um, Bob, you exchanged some texts with, with Eric Musselman on Wednesday after the news came out. Now you got a story on our, our website with all those – um, all those thoughts from Eric was what, what was kind of the gist of his thoughts about the whole situation and then how do you think this this really changes Arkansas ceilings I mean he was I mean I think when Arkansas was putting this roster together he was a, a huge part of it yeah Eric uh, was nice enough to text me back and I'm just looking at my story he said this is a significant loss for our team when we built this roster TB's versatility was a big part of it uh, he has emerged as one of the nation's most unique players he has an incredible future ahead of him he said a few other things, but obviously they're going to have, need to have, a, you know, some guys step up on the roster to fill that void. But yeah, you feel terrible for Trevin. Um, seem, you know, have, you know, he's been here a few months, you know, he's worked really hard over the summer and into the fall to get ready for the season. He was having a breakout season. He was moving up draft boards. I think it's, I don't think it's a stretch to say if he'd continued on the trajectory he was on, he was going to be a first round draft pick. And, um, you know, he still might be, um, 
you know, obviously an injury can affect your draft stock, but I, there may be teams out there saying, well, well we love this guy seal and he's so young. We're going to pick him and, you know, rehab him. And then, you know, he'll, he'll be ready to go. I mean, obviously when Oklahoma city drafted Chet Holmgren, they didn't know he was going to get hurt, but I think they still feel like he's got a good future. So, but yeah, you just feel terrible for, for Trev and yeah, it's a terrible break for the team, but you especially feel bad for Trevin. And, um, but I don't think it means, you know, Arkansas season's over. Um, excuse me, you know, maybe, you know, Eric's first year here, they didn't have much depth. They basically played seven guys. And when, when Isaiah Joe had to miss some games, they basically played six guys. They do have, I'm not saying they have another player like Trevor Brazil because a guy like him is few and far between, but I do think they have some capable players who can, you know, they're going to probably need more from Jordan Walsh. Now Jordan Walsh, they're going to need more from, you know, Jalen Graham, a guy who's shown uh, some flashes of good play. Um, probably need more from the the uh, Mitchell twins, especially McCall, who hadn't played a whole lot. And they do have Nick Smith back, obviously a great player. So I think Arkansas can still have a great season, but you just feel terrible for, for Trevin, and they're going to have to make some adjustments, obviously. Yeah, you guys can probably attest to this too. When, when Trevin went down and he stayed down, I saw – Makai kind of put both hands on the back of his head, kind of like in that surrender Cobra position. And I just kind of knew at that point it wasn't, wasn't going to be probably pretty good news or wasn't going to be good news. And then after the game, you know, he, he came in and talked, you know, he, he played really well. So he got the, he came in and talked to us afterwards and he said it scared him. It's just like it, he hated to see, you know, one of his teammates and one of his boys go down like that. And like I said, y'all could probably, agree with this like bud walton was maybe as quiet at that point when trevin was just kind of laying on the ground as i've ever heard it um and there's been there's been some times when it's been really eerily quiet in there too just because arkansas is not playing well maybe during a timeout or something um but according to the release that arkansas put out on wednesday trevin's going to have surgery uh to repair the the knee later this month um, Andrew, how, how do you think his absence impacts things moving forward? Or what, what do you see happening from a personnel standpoint with him out? Yeah, I've seen a lot about how his absence is going to be opening up minutes for maybe one guy in particular, and that's Jalen Graham that I've seen a lot of people mention is going to get some extended run. But I, I really think that with him being out and his, you guys mentioned his versatility, his uniqueness, his length, athleticism, being able to play in and out is not something that you can replicate with one guy. Like you're not going right. to be able to just plug Jalen Graham in and he can fill that role for you. And so I think Bob kind of touched on it earlier when he was going through the different guys that are going to have to step up to fill those voids. And I think you're looking at the, the Mitchell twins are going to have to take over uh, the rebounding department because Trevin Brazil was leading the team in rebounds. Uh, you're going to have to find someone who can be a, a consistent three-point threat, whether that's Nick Smith or Anthony Black, because Trevor Brazil was probably uh, your your main uh, perimeter shooter to this point. And so I think it's just kind of different areas of the game where he affected them. Uh, they're going to have to have different guys step up. Yeah, I would I agree with that. I, I think we're going to see more consistent minutes for Makai, and I think it's warranted just because he's played so well recently like he went for 13 14 four blocks and two steals the other night you know in a in a in a game that was you know tighter than a lot of people hoped for or expected but he he really performed really well and I think Mikel may get some additional minutes too 
just to try to fill some of that rim protection and shot blocking void that, you know, you mentioned that, that Trevin leaves. Um, I think Jay Billis during the Maui Invitational when Mikel was playing well against maybe Louisville, he got in early in that game and he blocked a shot out of bounds. You know, he ran the floor super well, which that's kind of what Makai does incredibly well for a guy that his size, like 6'9", 220, 225, whatever you want to call it. Mikel's a little bit bigger, but he ran the floor pretty well. And so that, that to me, was kind of encouraging. It's been interesting that we haven't really seen a whole lot of him since they got back from Maui. Um, I think it's super important to, you know, because I think it's important that Jordan Walsh gets going in some way, shape, or form. Just because he, like you think about Trevin's perimeter scoring that he gave, like he he was tied for the team lead, or he still is tied for the team lead in three-pointers made. And when he was engaged and, you know, he was knocking down perimeter jumpers, he, he changed the entire complexion of Arkansas's offense. And, you know, whenever he started knocking down threes, he could take his guy off the bounce, get to the rim, that kind of thing. I think it's really important for Jordan Walsh to to get going offensively. You know, he started, I think, the last eight games maybe. And it's been kind of hit or miss, to be real honest. Like he started the other night, I think on Tuesday, and played like seven or eight minutes, just wasn't a factor at all. Um, he absolutely has to start just shooting the three, not just – not even worrying about – making them at this point it's just kind of taking them the hesitation that i'm seeing from from jordan from the three-point line has just been it's been kind of frustrating i think to me to watch it because you know that he's a he's a threat um tuesday he hesitated before he took his first three and missed it and then i think he bobbled a pass in the right corner when someone set him up for a three and the he you know he fumbled the ball out of bounds and i think that may have been the last time that he played um so I think Jordan is a is a big piece to that too. Talking about Trevin's knee injury and, and, and Makai's reaction, I think it's worth noting, and I don't know how many people knew this. I, I guess I'd written about it, kind of forgot about it, but two years ago when uh, Makai was a sophomore at Rhode Island, he played seven games. And according to his bio, he, he missed the rest of the year with the season and a knee injury. Now I don't know if he tore an ACL or what it was, but obviously he had a serious knee injury. So I wonder if he sees you know his teammate you know, as he referred to, you know, his brother is a pretty close-knit team, seems to be. He sees him go down and maybe, you know, it flashes through his mind what happened to him. And he realizes the severity of it. And he probably knows what Trevin has ahead of him in terms of, of rehab. And, you know, he talked about how scary he was. And you sort of wonder if he possibly had, you know, flashbacks to his own injury. I don't know if he got hurt in a game or practice or what happened. Don't know the details of that, but that might help explain. I mean, I'm sure everybody had a horrible reaction to it, but that might help explain you know, his immediate reaction on the court and then what he said after the game to us. Yeah, it's definitely one of those moments that I think makes you kind of sick to your stomach. I know it kind of did that to me when it happened, and I think the quietness in the arena, the lack of, you know, any energy or enthusiasm or, or whatever just because of, you know, kind of the magnitude of, of what could be coming if what if what you think happened actually happened. Um and then, you know, a lot of people on social media message boards and, and things like that on, on Wednesday were, um, you know, just pretty, pretty heartbroken and tore up for, for TV. But I think he's, I think he's got a pretty good support system around him to help, try to help him get through this. The Basketball Podcast of Mid-America is sponsored by Landers Toyota of Northwest Arkansas. Visit their showroom at 411 South Metro Parkway in Rogers or at LandersToyotaNWA.com. 
For all your automotive needs, shop Landers Toyota NWA in Rogers, where we guarantee you the best buying experience and best service after the sale in Arkansas. Landers Toyota NWA in Rogers. Wholehogsports.com has the largest, most experienced staff of reporters covering sports in Arkansas. Football, basketball, baseball, recruiting, and more. You'll find it at wholehogsports.com. The website includes up-to-minute news, daily commentaries, and award-winning photography from the staffs of Hogs Illustrated and the Democrat Gazette. For subscriptions, call 1-800-757-6277. That's 1-800-757-6277. Or visit us online today. Wholehogsports.com. Want more coverage of your home team? Download the Whole Hog Sports Video On Demand app. Check out the Fan Zone and get up-to-the-minute videos, podcasts, and features on football, basketball, baseball, recruiting, and more. Search for Whole Hog Sports on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire at home. And take it with you on the go by downloading it for your mobile device in your app store. The Whole Hog Sports Video On Demand app. Get it today. Let's get into Nick Smith's play a little bit since he made his his debut uh, three games ago against Troy. That I can't believe we've gotten this far into this and haven't talked about Nick's debut. He played like a, just a handful of minutes against Troy. Uh, Arkansas beat Troy, I believe, seventy four sixty one. So that was that was another game that you know was a little bit closer than a, probably a lot of people would have liked, but. He came back against San Jose State, had 16 points in his first start, looked pretty good. I think he was 3 of 5 from 3 in that game. And then he had 22 on Tuesday against UNC Greensboro. Um, what's jumped out to you guys, I guess, just about Nick's game um, and just maybe how he's impacted the offense? And um, do you see, you know, some some differences, I guess, in the way that Arkansas has operated on, on that end since he's come back? Yeah, I guess I'm just impressed with how fast he's kind of gotten back in the flow. He played, I think, with six minutes against Troy and uh, didn't score. You know, he came out, I think his first shot was, a, you know, I'm sure he was anxious, and I think it was an air ball or maybe barely grazed room. It wasn't a, a good shot or I'm sure a typical Nick Smith shot. And he just he looked out of sorts because he hadn't played since the exhibition game at, at Texas. Uh, he'd been out for however many weeks it was. And I'm sure he was overly excited, overly anxious. And now Eric... Musselman did a smart thing, not, you know, pushing in. The game was was close late. Arrington was actually behind, and uh, Ricky Council took over, really, and helped him win the game. And then, you know, like you said, Nick came back and had a good game against San Jose State, and they just blew uh, blew him out in the second half, won by 41. And then the other night, Eric points us out, you know, I mean, he scored 65 points and 22 comes from Nick Smith. If he doesn't play and have a good game you know that maybe they don't win I mean maybe Ricky or or somebody else would it would have stepped up and scored more that was really the, I think the first game Ricky Council didn't score in like 15 or so he had eight I think but yeah I've been impressed with um with Nick just how fast he's gotten back into the, the flow of things I guess and he played 39 minutes which is very impressive uh you know when you haven't been you know playing much before that yeah definitely I think uh, the way that he came back with the minutes restriction that he wasn't able to kind of fully let loose and be himself. And I think he was able to do that uh, in in this last game against UNC Greensboro. I think he led all players in minutes playing 39 of the 40 uh, with 22 points. And I think something that also 
struck my interest was just how fiery and emotional competitive he is on the court. Love like that about him. Yeah. Every time, every time he had a big bucket, you could see him just, just point to the crowd or just scream something. And it's just like, like that makes the game fun in my opinion. And it's good to right. see. And it's like, you're those guys, you could tell he's just kind of wired differently and like how, how badly he wants to compete. And, and it really works in Arkansas's favor because he's really good and really competitive. Yeah. I totally agree with you on the, on the, kind of the intensity and then you know he kind of felt the moment on Tuesday you know when he added that he got a steal I think at a pretty big moment went coast to coast added a finger roll layup he ran you know he kind of jogged over I guess jogged walked whatever he was kind of throwing his arms up you know looking at Arkansas's bench and then you know the crowd was really feeling it because it was a close game at that point he scored a big bucket he walks out to half court and he's you know throwing his arms up in the air trying to get the crowd engaged and that kind of stuff you know from from a writer's standpoint is great because that's how I, I led my sidebar on him um I think he's he's kind of one of those guys he reminds me a little bit of like Daryl Macon in the way that he kind of maybe I don't want to say he gets maybe lost in the moment briefly uh, but he definitely feels the energy from the crowd whenever he creates those moments I think that's kind of what I said the other night like he got lost in the moment that he he created and that that's really fun. I've been really impressed his especially in his starts. Um, he's four of ten from three, which you know I know he was one of five the other night, but the one three that he did hit was was pretty big. And I'll take forty percent from three any day of the week. And you know he's 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 given Arkansas what they really need because Arkansas's the last few games seen more zone defense than they have at any other point in the year. And I've really liked not just his three-point shooting, but the way that he has, you know, gotten into those soft spots, or Eric calls them the hot spots in the zone. You know, whether it's off dribble drives and he's using like floaters and short runners and uh, short jumpers and that kind of thing, whether it's off the dribble or I, I know one of his buckets, I think maybe against San Jose State or UNC Greensboro, I can't remember which, he threw the ball into he passed the ball into the left corner and then he immediately cut to just about the left short corner caught a pass and immediately went up for a jumper or a short jumper from right there that's how you beat a zone and i think his movement without the ball um has been really effective against against opponents zones to this point speaking of three point shooting i wrote a sidebar or kind of a follow from the greensboro game just about what we've seen from anthony black the last I guess three games. He's five of his last nine from three, which I don't I don't know if a whole lot of people expected him to be, you know, on a tear like he has been. Because you know, Nick after the game when I asked him about AB's perimeter shooting was like, man, I heard all the noise during the summer that you know AB couldn't shoot from three, but he's five of his last nine. He's shooting over forty percent from three. Again, you're going to take that pretty much every day of the week. And I was looking at. CBB Analytics, which is a, a site that I've really grown to like over the last couple of years. AB is six of eight from three on the right side of the floor, and he's five of 11 on the left side. Now, he struggled from the top of the key, um, but AB can just do so many things when he's on the floor. And I think if he continues to shoot the ball from deep as well as he is now, um, I think it really changes, you know, things for the team offensively. What, what have y'all thought of, of the boost that, that AB's given them from deep? 
Yeah, well, I guess we first kind of saw it in Maui um, before Nick Smith was back. And you know, I think he, you know, he had not, I think going into Maui, uh, Anthony Black was averaging six points because <clears throat> he was more of a facilitator. He was rebounding, getting assists, but he wasn't shooting much. And I think he felt over in Maui, maybe he needed to be more aggressive on offense. You know, maybe coaching staff had talked to him about that. And he goes for, was it 24 in back-to-back games, I think it was? 26, or yeah. 26, okay. And um, now I'm not saying he's going to score 26 all the time, especially with Nick Smith back. But with, with Trevin out, you know, Trevin was a guy that was averaging double figures. So Anthony might pick up his shooting even more but yeah that's when i really thought wow this guy can you know be pretty uh aggressive offensively he wants to be not just passing or or getting you know either throwing alley-oop assists or finishing alley-oop passes with dunks himself you know he, he's got a perimeter game too and i think that's you know as young as he is these guys are just growing and growing you know day by day week by week game by game so i i expect that that to keep up although obviously the competition is going to get tougher with as they get into SEC play, you know, game after game. Yeah, I think everyone is pretty well aware at this point that three-point shooting is not how Arkansas is going to win its games. And I think Eric Musselman has been talking about the team's three-point shooting kind of philosophy is that they just need to at least keep defenses honest and at least give them reason to think that they're going to pull the trigger from deep because they have so many guys that are so good going downhill and attacking the rim, like Ricky Council, A.B., Nick Smith, Devo, all those guys are just lethal uh, attacking the basket. And so if you can just at least give defenses a little hesitancy and not allow them to pack the lane, uh, that's where they're going to find their success. Man, both of A.B.'s threes against Greensboro came at, at really, really ideal times. I think the first one, I'm pretty sure it gave Arkansas a 44-43 lead. It was like Arkansas's first lead in the game since like 6-5. to five. And then that was a great – I thought that was a great sequence from him because it was kind of – it was transition or semi-transition, and he filled a lane, I thought, pretty well. But he didn't get the ball maybe streaking down the lane like he maybe anticipated. But he didn't stop, you know, maybe under the rim and just try to figure out where to go. He like immediately ran to the right corner and somebody, I think it was Jordan Walsh found him and, you know, he knocked down a three. His second three was just really pretty basketball. Like Nick is driving to the rim. He skips, skip past to Ricky council. I think Ricky finds a B on the right wing and he just steps, he just steps into those threes and it looked really fluid. And I think, I think that's, that's what Eric said when I asked him about AB's perimeter shooting the other night, just like he's he's the the quality of the threes that AB is taking, he's gonna live with those, like probably make or miss. And to be honest, like AB's got to take those threes too, like not just because they're wide open, but just because like the strength of his game is getting to the rim off the bounce. And he's got to keep defenses honest. Um, but anytime he can step into a three, have his feet set, that's I think that's pretty ideal. For Arkansas, and that's – I mean, Nick was talking about how, you know, he heard – like I said, he he heard all the noise that A.B. was, you know, kind of an ineffective jump shooter or whatever, and Eric probably heard some of the same things. Like, that was maybe the the knock on, on A.B. is that it wasn't like a, a great knockdown shooter maybe in, in high school, but he's working on it. And he's been really, really effective to this point in the season. And he's got to continue to take those, I think, to um, 
I think if he does, it benefits Arkansas's offense more than more than anything. Um, Bob, I think the big story from Tuesday's game outside of uh, the news on Trevin was was Makai Mitchell's game. I know you wrote a um, wrote a kind of a featureized story on him for for Whole Hog Sports today and for the Democrat Gazette. Um, so what what did you like about Mikhail or Makai the other night? And and you know, does it give you you know even more confidence that he can? you know, be maybe the guy that, that maybe anchors that anchors that team in the front court. Yeah, to me, he just kind of did it all. And, um, you know, he hit, you know, he, he had taken a three all year, which is good. That's not his game. You know, he scores around the basket, whether it's, I think he's a pretty good post-up player. Um, I think he's got, you know, he's got a decent uh, jumper, you know, 10 feet or something in. Uh, but he seems like he's pretty good at getting the ball and, and, uh, playing with his back to the basket if needed, maneuvering. I guess he's not as good at spinning as, as Jalen Graham, but I, I think he can maneuver pretty good in the lane. And he hit his free throws five of seven. You know, big guy's going to get fouled, so that's a big part of of being productive offensively. If you're a big guy, is being able to, you know, draw fouls and then hit the free throws. It doesn't do you much good if you miss the free throws, although I guess you draw fouls on the other team. And then, you know, a ton of boards, you know, got 14 boards, all defensive, you know, so – you know, we know Kamani Johnson can can attack the offensive glass, and, and you probably like to see Makai maybe do more of that. But especially with all the misses they had, <laughs> but you know, he he, he you got to have somebody get that get those defensive boards. And last time I looked, I think Arkansas was leading the SEC in defensive rebounding percentage, so they're not giving up a lot of second chance points. So that's big. And he blocked four shots. When you're doing that, you're altering other shots. He, and he's doing he's he's staying out of foul trouble. Um, he played 32 minutes, which, you know, I'm sure a lot of that had to do with, with Trevin being hurt. And I don't think he's going to average 32, but he's averaging about 19 minutes. So I'm sure I bet he starts playing more like 25, 26, you know, assuming he, he's not in foul trouble. And yeah, he just, and, he, and he's a he, high steal rate for a big guy, you know. He's, right. he's, yeah, that's been impressive. <clears throat> you know, he's averaging, you know, he's getting one or two steals every game. So he just kind of did it all. And I think he sensed that um, they needed more from him, maybe. And um, I thought it was interesting. You know, he talked about, you know, the rim protection, you know, it, it lets the guys on the perimeter maybe gamble a little bit more. Not that you want to be out of position, but he, I'm not saying he's, you know, Akeem Olajuwon back there, but, but maybe he, you know, he, he can provide some rim protection. So um, he, he can cover up some mistakes that are maybe made on the perimeter. If guys take some risks trying to get some steals going the other way, they know they've got somebody back there to help, help cover for him. So, yeah. And, you know, he's a guy who, didn't do much over in Europe. I think it took him and his brother a little bit of time to adjust to the intensity level of Arkansas's practices. But as Eric Musselman pointed out the other night, you know, he, he, they've just kept getting better and better through the summer, September, October. And I, I think if they pl- give Mikel some minutes, you know, he was productive against Louisville. And of course, Louisville's having a horrible season, but still he had 12 points and six rebounds in that game, I think two blocks. So I think Mikel is a pretty good player too. He's actually an inch taller, six ten. I'm not sure that works with twins, one being an inch taller, but <laughs> they're still twins. And uh, um, but yeah, I, I think Mackay's been. I mean, based on what happened this summer, to me, he's been a pleasant surprise because I kind of wonder sure. are, are these guys, you know, and they they played it. They start off at Maryland, obviously, which in the Big Ten now, but they played at Rhode Island, which is that's in the A ten, and that's a good league, but it's not the SEC. And you kind of wonder. You know, are they going to be able to figure out and do what Eric wants? And obviously, obviously they have, especially Makai. And so I, I really like his all-around game on on uh, both ends. 
Yeah, again, on, on Tuesday, he had 13 points, 14 rebounds, four blocks, two steals. And, you know, he had, like Bob mentioned, 14 defensive rebounds. I think that was the most rebounds he's had in a game since he had 18 against Bryant maybe last season. Um, I think the guy can be really, really, really good, you know, so long as, you know, he's continues to be efficient with his, his shot attempts. You know, there's been some um, – I don't want to say concern, but there's been some times where, you know, he's probably, he probably should have finished some shots at the rim, um, but missed them. And, you know, if he's knocking down free throws and, and blocking shots, like we saw, I think the guy could be, can be really, really good. I don't know. I don't know about all SEC caliber, but, you know, it might be a guy that's, you know, fighting for one of those maybe second team spots. I think if, if he did that, I think Arkansas would be, um, would be head over heels with that. Arkansas again on on Saturday plays Oklahoma at BOK Center in Tulsa. Bob, we get to go back to the those sweet seats and the nosebleeds, and hope you pack some Kleenexes to you know, plug plug up uh, or wipe some some blood off your off your face. Um, Oklahoma seven and two this season. They've won seven of the last eight since they dropped their season opener to Sam Houston State. Uh, the lone loss in that that eight game stretch was at Villanova last Saturday I don't think there's any shame really in losing to Villanova at Villanova um, even if that is a, a team that's kind of struggling what are y'all expecting to see from from Arkansas against Oklahoma obviously it's first game without TB and you know it's it's one of those unique environments I think because it the the arena is going to be kind of split 50 50 or I think that's the way they're trying to sell the tickets and split the fans up 50-50 to make a, you know, a pretty cool atmosphere. What do, what do y'all, what do y'all think is, what do you think you're going to see? Oh, I think it's going to be a great atmosphere. It was a pretty good atmosphere last year. I, I haven't looked at the box, but I want to say there was about 14 or 15,000 there. I thought Arkansas had a few more fans, but OU had a good contingent. And of course it's honestly one of Arkansas's worst performances under Eric Musselman. They got beat by 22. I think it was Eric ended up getting, ejected from the game with two technicals he obviously was very upset just um, we know Arkansas got a lot better and Oklahoma kind of leveled off and they ended up not making the NCAA tournament they were a solid team but didn't make the NCAA tournament obviously Arkansas ended up having a lot better better season going to the Elite Eight but that day that was Oklahoma's day over Arkansas and even though Arkansas doesn't have many guys back from that game you know Devo Davis played I think he actually let him in scoring. I'm not. I don't think Kamani played in that game. I may be wrong. I don't but, think he did. Yeah, but so, but I'm sure these young guys, you know, um, you know, Eric probably showed them some film, or they're aware that hey, Oklahoma kicked Arkansas's butt last year, and they don't want that to happen again. And their coach got ejected. <laughs> it just wasn't a very good day for Arkansas on a lot of levels. And so I think Arkansas will be very. I think they'd be very motivated anyway. But I think especially after what happened. Um, you know, they'll, they'll be very motivated for that game. I think it'll probably be a great atmosphere. And if anything, Arkansas will probably have more fans because I think people are really – I mean, I think they were – you know, Arkansas has always got good basketball fans. But I think they're really excited about this team and maybe some folks over in Tulsa or over in, uh, you know, that side of the state, um, you know, haven't gotten to see Arkansas. Maybe they can't get tickets to a game in Budwall because it's sold out or they don't want to pay exorbitant prices on, on, you know, a website or something. So this might be, you know, their shot to see Arkansas in person. So I think it'll be a great crowd. Yeah. I think I'm most excited to see how the roles shift as Trevin Brazil won't be with the team. And then as Nick Smith uh, kind of takes over as the number one scorer, I would assume. And so I'm kind of, kind of interested to see where everybody else falls in line. A couple quick keys for me. I think, 
Arkansas, the way Arkansas defends Grant Sherfield, you know, he's a transfer from Nevada. He is absolutely lighting it up. I think he's shooting 55% from three on like 45 attempts. So he's been, he's really been dynamic for, for Oklahoma to this point. And something that kind of caught me by surprise, I don't know why it did. Um, but at the BOK center, there's four three point lines on the floor and that includes the NBA line. And so I think Arkansas has got to be really disciplined with their perimeter jumpers and maybe not fall in love with that really deep three. I think they're shooting like CBB analytics shows that they're shooting like 10% better from three on threes, 25 feet or, or within 25 feet of the rim. And then farther out, it's like, you know, it's, it's in the twenties. So I think that's something to, to, you know, keep a, a pretty close eye on. So again, Arkansas and Oklahoma at the BOK Center in Tulsa. The game will be on ESPN2 at noon. Really appreciate you guys joining us today and, and listening in. Hopefully we'll get back into more of a, a weekly mode, maybe two of these um, during some weeks if, if different things come up. But um, wanted to also extend an invitation to, to anybody listening to shoot us some pics of the trading cards that you got at the UNC Greensboro game on Tuesday. I ended up walking out of the building with three packs. Uh, Andrew was kind enough to, to give me his and I scooped up one um, that was just kind of sitting there lonely on the, the media table, grabbed it and there's some, I ended up with a, a glossy US Reed card. So I've got glossy Eric Musselman, glossy US Reed and glossy Daniel Gafford and also Nolan Richardson, Lee Mayberry, Moses Moody. So I think I've got my starting five right there out of out of my deck of cards bob did, bob what did, what did you get uh i didn't get any glossy ones but yeah i got i got what i would say is a pretty good group i got scotty thurman i got sydney moncrief you know arguably the greatest razorback of all i got uh dean tolson an old school guy in the 70s that had big stats uh jd note of course an all-american last year uh pat bradley the shooter well, watched him on the SEC Network last night. Marvin Delph, one of the, along That's with Mon- a good one. One of the triplets. Uh, Ron Hury, who unfortunately recently passed away, but he was a great Razorback. Uh, for Nolan Richardson, Kareem Reed, who I think is the all-time assist leader. Patrick Beverly, who's uh, still playing in the NBA, I guess, with the Lakers now. So I, I, I would say I have a pretty good group, although I don't have a uh, pretty nice staff. Eric Musselman and Nolan Richardson. Yeah, I've also I was looking at another pack that I got. I've got Daryl Macon, Daryl Walker, Corey Beck, Ron Brewer, Moncrief, and Corliss Williamson. So um, I'm open to trading. Y'all just come hit me up the next time we're at press row. And we'll get this thing figured out. Um, but I think you can you can hit us up with any any of the cards that you got. I think Bob's Twitter handle is Bob Holt ADG. Andrew's at Andrew underscore Joseph twenty three, and I'm at at um, nwa scotty so uh, again appreciate you guys listening and yeah come hit us up the next time arkansas plays in bud walton um maybe we can we can make a deal happen but for bob holt and andrew joseph i'm scotty borderline appreciate you guys listening and we'll see you next week the proceeding has been a production of wholehogsports.com look for our latest podcasts on apple spotify or your favorite podcast store And visit us anytime at wholehogsports.com for the latest news and commentary.